You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> Alright, what's going on? Welcome back. Episode 40 of the Wide Right. I can't believe we've done 40 episodes of this. Episode 40 of the Wide Right Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network coming to you live on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, four days removed from the Giants-Rams um, Week 4 matchup this past Sunday and three days now until the Giants-Cowboys Week 5 matchup taking place this Sunday afternoon at 4.25 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, in at AT&T Stadium, not calling it Jerry World. Um, I'm just, I'm just not going to call it that. Um, yeah, at AT&T Stadium. Uh, yeah, this episode is just going to be previewing that game because there's been like no news this week. We have a little tidbit, I guess. Da- David Mayo is back at practice Thursday, but that's it, really. It's been a quiet week, um, which is kind of um, weird, I guess. I mean, I don't really have too much content for this podcast, so I guess we'll see how this goes. But, um, yeah, so Giants entering uh, this game at 0-4, Cowboys entering at 1-3 with their only win coming after that onside kick recovery against Atlanta and the comeback. Um, they should be 0-4, for being completely honest. Like, just just fall on the ball. Just fall on the ball, Falcons. You, they can't touch it. It has to go 10 yards. Just fall on, like, every Cowboy hater has said this for, like, three weeks almost now. And it still bu- it still bugs us. It still bugs me. That Cowboys win still bugs me. They should be 0-4, but whatever. So Giants 0-4. Cowboys at 1-3. Uh, the Giants have not defeated the Cowboys since 2016. They've lost six straight. But they have an opportunity to make it close this weekend. Um, I think the main thing the Giants are going to need to do is this defense is going to need to step up and play just like it did against uh, Los Angeles this past Sunday when they only allowed the Rams to conjure up, what, 240 yards of offense, 17 points, when a lot of us, including myself, thought it was going to be much worse. Uh, this, you know, this defense was able to really step up and consistently get off the field. That's what I think a lot of people don't realize, how crucial it is for a defense to get off the field, limit the the opposing team's time of possession. And get off the field on third downs or else, because if you keep letting up, third down conversions, then your defense gets tired and bad things happen. That's, you know, that's just how it goes. So the Giants were able to consistently get off the field. Uh, But this Sunday, it's going to be, they have an even tougher task than going up against Sean McVay's Rams. Uh, The Cowboys, with their new head coach and Mike McCarthy, are the top offense in the league through four weeks. They're first in total yards per game, nearly 510. Uh, First in passing yards per game, nearly 408 yards per game, and they're third with uh, 31.5 points per game. So it's it's a better offense through the first four weeks than the Rams are. It's 
the best offense in the league. There's no sugarcoating it. This Dallas Cowboys offense, despite the fact that their defense is putrid, this Dallas Cowboys offense is the best in the league through four weeks. Um, so it's a big task for Big Blue, I guess. It's a, it's a daunting task. And you have, you know, Peppers could come back. Jerome Peppers missed the last game. Uh, they fared well without him, but obviously having him is a big boost um, to this secondary and just this overall defensive unit. Uh, they could have him back this week. He's rehabbing well with that uh, low ankle sprain that he suffered against the 49ers uh, almost two weeks ago. And that's huge for you know defending Dak Prescott and this Cowboys passing attack. I mean, I said in the last episode, in episode 39, which you could still go listen to, it's on you know all platforms as always. The Giants have guys who can perform well in the defensive backfield. You know, Peppers, if, if he's healthy, is a good is a good body to have back there. Logan Ryan's all over the field. You know, Julian Love, Darnay Holmes, who's developing. Ryan Lewis could be their number two corner now, considering, you know, Isaac Yadam didn't exactly impress when he was on the field, and neither did Corey Ballantine. James Bradbury has been their best free agent acquisition this entire year. He's been their defensive he's been the, the best guy in this defense, arguably. Definitely the best guy in the secondary. He made pro football focuses all pro team through the first quarter of the season. And according to PFF, he's also second in overall defense for cornerbacks, and he's third in coverage. That's a you know a significant body to have in the defensive backfield. And then you have Adrian Colbert, safety, who took, you know, who's developing and took 75% of the defensive reps this past Sunday, which was more than Love's 30%. So they have guys. Who can defend Dak Prescott in this Cowboys passing attack? When you have those defensive backfield resources plus the pass rush resources that I've mentioned many times before, um, Blake Martinez can get in the backfield, uh, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Kyler Fackrell, Lorenzo Carter, Marcus Golden if they decide to play him, which they should they should play him more. I don't know I don't know why they haven't played him. Uh, you know, is more he hasn't gotten a lot of playing time at all. I don't know why he's not seeing more time on the field. I guess that's that may be his matchup and scheme base. But when you have the secondary resources plus the pass rushing resources, you can defend this Cowboys passing attack. I don't think it'll be tough. It's not going to be an easy task. It'll probably be the toughest task they have this far thus far in the year. But it's a task that has the potential to be completed by the Giants. Um, I think I think Bradbury is going to follow Amari Cooper all over the field unless he's in the slot. Bradbury has pretty much been following number one receivers. You know, he shut down. We saw he shut down uh, Allen Robinson in that week two loss to the Bears. So, uh, but nonetheless, this this Dallas passing attack and the Giants secondary is going to be a good matchup. That's one of the key things to watch in this game is the matchup between, you know, Dak Prescott, who's been, who's leading the league in passing yards, and uh, this Giants defense, who I believe is sixth in passing yards allowed per game, that should be a decent matchup uh, to pay attention to. But the the run defense, the you know defending against the run, that also has to be you know consistent as well. That run defense is going to have to step up against probably the best running back they'll face all year, and Ezekiel Elliott. Giants aren't facing Carolina and Christian McCaffrey. Okay, they're not facing. Atlanta and Todd Gurley. I mean, Todd Gurley is nowhere near the best right now. But you know that this is Ezekiel Elliott is the best running back they'll face this whole year, and they're going to need to step up. Simple as that. It's not like the Cowboys are all past. They can run. They can run the ball if they need to. And this Giants defense, this Giants run defense, really stepped up last week. Uh, only allowed 58 rushing yards to the Rams. 
who entered as a top one of the top rushing teams entering week four. So it's not like they're incapable of containing the run. They can very much do so. And they've improved on that, you know, since that week one debacle against Benny Snell. I forget how many yards Benny Snell had. It was definitely a lot in the absence of James Conner. So the, this run defense has definitely approved, um, you know, containing opposing backs. And they did so against the Rams. And they just got to step up against Elliott. If you can contain Zeke, you can then, you know, force Dak to throw the ball. And he, make, he may make mistakes. He's thrown three picks in the last two weeks. So, and just like they have resources to defend the pass, they have resources to, to defend the run as well. Dexter Lawrence is good. Dalvin Thompson is good. Blake Martinez has been great. He's the fifth, great, fifth highest graded linebacker on Pro Football Focus. I think it's just that second inside linebacker stop, spot that may be an issue, though. Obviously, Devontae Downs hasn't impressed, really. Tay Crowder is an experience as a rookie. Um, but as I said, as I mentioned previously, or earlier... You know, there's optimist, there's optimistic news news in regard to that spot. Because according to Dan Duggan of The Athletic, David Mayo is returning to practice today, Thursday. David Mayo obviously tore his meniscus prior to the regular season. He's back practicing with the Giants today, and now the Giants have a 21-day window to activate him, or else he stays on injured reserve. So there's a chance. I can't confirm if it's going to happen. I... As of right now, I have not heard anything or seen anything, uh, but who knows? The sports news industry moves at the speed of light. Something could have happened in the last five, ten minutes that I just didn't see. But as I'm speaking to you, as of right now, it is not confirmed, at least to me, that he is playing this Sunday. But there is definitely a possibility that he could return to the playing field on Sunday against the uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. And if he can, that would be enormous for the Giants. If he can if he can return on Sunday and quickly produce it would be he would provide the Giants with much needed extra ammunition, I guess so to speak, on rundowns. Now, he led the Giants linebackers last year with 82 total tackles. Uh he was second on the team overall uh behind Antoine Bethay. And it's a big reason why the Giants extended him this offseason, gave him a 3-year extension in the, in March. So him producing on Sunday would be huge for the Giants. And him, seeing him at full health, performing alongside Martinez, who's been very productive in stopping the run, as we all know, leads the team by leads the team with 43 combined tackles, I believe, this year. The second most is Logan Ryan with 22. That's a wide margin. And Martinez is really stepping up when it comes to stopping the run. So have, seeing, I would love to see Mayo and Martinez at full health both at full health, you know, performing alongside one another. I think that would be huge, especially against a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, who, if you're not careful, will tear you apart, will run all over you, and it'll make Dak Prescott's life much easier. And that's the key with some offenses. You have to you have to take the pressure. If you can take the, it's a key to all offenses, obviously. Honestly, if you can take the pressure off of your quarterback, that's such a good thing. That's such a. That's what the Browns did against uh, Dallas last week when they beat him forty-nine to thirty-eight. They took a lot of pressure off Baker Mayfield. In fact, they had Jarvis Landry throwing the ball. They were running toss sweeps to Odell Beckham. You know they they take if if Ezekiel Elliott if the Giants allow Ezekiel Elliott to run all over them, it'll take the pressure off of Dak Prescott, and that will be nothing but beneficial 
to the Cowboys, and then would not it would do nothing but hurt the Giants' defense. Uh, so I'm excited to see uh, if you, you know. Obviously, I said we we can't confirm if he's going to play or not. I don't know as of right now if he will, but there's a possibility Mayo could be good to go for Sunday. And if he is, that would be a sight to see him performing alongside Martinez because as as I said before, the other inside linebacker spot alongside Martinez has been an issue. Downs isn't great. Crowder. You know, who knows how he'll be in the future? Who knows how he'll develop? But right now, he's very inexperienced. He's a seventh-round rookie. He was Mr. Irrelevant, drafted in the last, the last pick of the 2020 NFL Draft. Okay, he's very inexperienced to the, the speed of the pro-level game. Uh, so, we'll see about that. You know, Mayo, obviously, they have, they have three weeks now to activate him. Could be for this Sunday. May not be. Who knows? We don't know right now. As far as offensively, the Giants are going to need to be aggressive and attack this Dallas defense from all angles. It's the opposite with the Cowboys. They have one of the they have the top offense in the league. Their defense is one of the worst, if not the worst, unit in the NFL. And the Giants need to overwhelm them from multiple angles in order for them to even crumble in order for them to crumble even more than they've had. If there's a team to run the football against, I know the Giants haven't run the ball great at all. They've actually been very bad with it. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is done for the year. But if there's a team to run the football against, it's the Dallas Cowboys. I'll tell you why. According to ESPN's next-gen stats data, three of the bottom five interior line players when it comes to run-stop win rate are on the Cowboys. So what is a run-stop win rate? So according, this is the direct quote from ESPN's analytics team. Run-stop win rate. It's a defender who can earn a win. So at for run-stop win rate, a defender can earn a win by doing any of the following. Beating his blocker so he's in better position to stop the runner. Disrupting the pocket or running lane by pushing his blocker backwards. Containing the runner su- such that he must adjust his running lane or recording a tackle within three yards of the line of scrimmage. If a defender earns a run-stop win, his blocker earns a loss, and vice versa. When it comes to that statistic, three of the bottom five interior linemen are on the Cowboys. So Don Tari Poe has the fifth least run-stop, has the fifth lowest run-stop win rate. Anton Woods is the fourth lowest. Tyrone Crawford is the worst. Tyrone Crawford has the lowest run-stop win rate out of all interior defensive linemen in the NFL. So despite this Giants struggling offensive line, I think they have to take advantage of that, run the ball, and tire this defense out. Which would thus open up the play action, which is what I say every week. I think that should be part of the game plan, running the ball effectively and efficiently. But at the same time, they also need to be aggressive in the passing game, and they need to go, Daniel Jones needs to go after these Dallas these Dallas defensive backs. He needs to pick on this Dallas secondary. Because the Cowboys are 23rd in pass defense. As of right now, they're averaging 258 yards um, allowed per game through the air. Giants got to go after these DBs, three wide, receivers, three wide receiver sets, spread the field, and just downright overwhelm this Cowboys secondary. And if you're Daniel Jones, you got to go through your progressions and look at your options. Can't just look towards Slayton's way. I know Shepard's out right now. I think he's out for at least one more game. 
could be out for more time. I know he's make. I heard he. I read that he's making progress, but since Shepard's out, I know he doesn't have a lot of options. But you can't just look towards Slayton if you're Daniel Jones. Got to utilize Golden Tate in the passing game, um, if he can get open. Get C.J. Board some reps. Have Evan Engram uh, get some reps in the slot. Caden Smith at tight end. Even Devontae Freeman in the passing game. Devontae Freeman had a couple catches uh, on Sunday. He could be an option um, in the passing game out of the backfield. But the main thing is the Giants just have to overwhelm this defense from all angles. Not just the secondary, the entire unit. This defense has been putrid. Brown scored 50 points on them. And that's no shot of the Browns. The Browns are talented. I'm just saying, if you give up 50 points to any team, that's bad. Doesn't matter if it's... You know, Washington, doesn't matter if it's the Giants or Jets, doesn't matter if it's the Seahawks, or Tampa Bay, or Baltimore. This defense let up 50 points last week, 49 to be exact, but whatever. Either way, that ain't good. That ain't good at all. Giants got to run the ball, take advantage of the struggling uh, run defense, especially when it comes to the interior defensive linemen, and they need to attack this secondary from multiple angles. Utilize multiple receivers. Don't just look to Slayton. Slayton, Tate, C.J. Board, Evan Engram, Caden Smith, Devontae Freeman, Deion Lewis, if you want to throw him in there, Wayne Gallman, Damian Ratley, can maybe get some reps. Utilize the personnel that you have. If you overwhelm this defense, good things will come. Let's just hope Daniel Jones, you know, actually has time in the pocket and doesn't turn the ball over again, which obviously has been an issue already. As I said in the last episode, it's gotta something's gotta change quickly with that. I'm not saying he's screwed. He's gonna get screwed out of a starting job. By the way, I'm not I'm not saying when I say that there's a possibility if the Giants go winless and get the number one pick, they could get Trevor Lawrence. That's not me saying give up on Daniel Jones now. I never say that. And I, I'm the one who thinks that we should be patient with Daniel Jones. Because um, considering the situation, the offensive line, no weapons really, uh, you know, no run game, it's yeah. I, I'm the I, I'm I say that we should be patient with Daniel Jones. I'm just saying if they don't win any games and the offense doesn't improve and he doesn't improve and they have the chance to get Trevor Lawrence, maybe that's an option. But we'll figure that out at the end of the year. Um, but the t- the turnovers right now need to be something's got to change. He's had seven turnovers through four games, at least one every game. So he had the one, and he didn't have one against the Rams until the final drive, his final pass of the game, the interception near the goal line that sealed the deal for the Rams. So, but for let's just hope Jones has time in the pocket. Okay, just hope that the offensive line comes together, continues to build that chemistry. Uh, you know, hopefully they perform better than they've had. They give Jones time in the pocket. And he doesn't make mistakes, and he doesn't turn the ball over, because those are drive killers. And we've seen that when we watch the Giants. They there's been numerous drive killers. All the turnovers are drive killers. That's what they are. So in order for the Giants to overwhelm this Cowboys defense, they're it's going to come down to the offensive line uh, first and foremost. So let's just hope that he has time in the pocket and doesn't make the mistakes that he's been making. Am I endorsing a Giants win? Nah. Nah, I'm using reverse psychology again, even though that hasn't worked yet. <laughs> uh, I say 24-13 Cowboys, which is the score I gave in my betting preview for this game. You can check it out. went out this morning, uh, EliteSportsNewYork.com. 
I think Jones ends his streak of zero touchdown passes, which is at three games straight. He's had no touchdown passes in three games straight. I think he tosses a touchdown to Slayton, uh, who catches his third touchdown of the year. Graham Gano converts on two more field goals. He's hit three field goals in each of the last two weeks. Those have been the only points the Giants have scored in the last two weeks. They haven't found the end zone since week two. So, um, yeah, they got to just realize, the Giants have to realize the personnel that they can utilize. All in all, attack the, def- the secondary from multiple angles. Attack the, def- the, act- attack the defense overall. The Cowboys defense overall from multiple angles. The defensive side of the ball contains Ezekiel Elliott, which would be huge if David Mayo could play. And thus, uh, you know, use your resources in the pass rushing department and in the secondary to defend Dak Prescott's passing attack. If they do that, they could possibly win this game, if not make it close. Again, I'm not endorsing a Giants win. And this is still not a great team. This is still not a good team whatsoever. But at the same time, the Cowboys aren't that great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if a Giants win could change up the whole outlook of this uh this division. I mean, this division is putrid. It's the worst division in football. If I were to make up the playoff rankings, I would have... I would take... I would put none of the teams in the NFC East in the playoffs. Put the other three division winners, uh, and then... What? Four, four, four wildcard teams at that point? Take three wildcard teams from the NFC West and one wildcard team from one of the other divisions. I would... Or two and two. I would... I wouldn't put a single team from the NFC East in the playoffs right now. But it is still early. It's only a quarter of the way through the season. So a Giants win on Sunday could change a lot of things. Eagles are leading the leading the division at 1-2-1. and one, And it's only one more win than the Giants. So, and before Sunday night's game, before Sunday night's win over the 49ers, the Eagles had the same number of wins as the Giants. So, and now they lead the division all of a sudden. Uh, so, but we'll find out everything. Uh, when that um, when the Giants and Cowboys game commences at 4.25 p.m. on Sunday. But until then, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Uh, subscribe and listen to the Wide Right Podcast on everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, thanks again. And um, all right, I'm out of here.